We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 261 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. Yes, a new month has begun. What is it they say about March? March comes in like a lion, out like a lamb. Well, we will attempt for this show to come in like a good lion, like a quality lion, like a Barry Sanders, like a Herman Moore. We'll see uh, how we do in that regard. But this is a big show. Tuesday is day one of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Yes, the Combine is beginning. The Underwear Olympics, as some like to call the Combine. Get ready to be inundated with 40 times and heights and weights and hand sizes over the next seven days, but also get ready for a whole lot in the way of reports and rumors. And as my former colleague, the late great John Thompson used to say, scuttlebutt, a whole lot of scuttlebutt is a coming uh, because it is during combine week that the NFL community gathers and what inevitably results is people talking and saying things and leaking things. People cannot help themselves in an environment like Combine Week in Indianapolis. Heck, the talking and the saying and the leaking may well have already started. Jordan Schultz, who is an NFL and NBA guy, used to work for ESPN. He on Monday night tweeted the following, quote, Mitch Trubisky drawing lots of free agent buzz. Several teams, including Commanders, Steelers, and Saints, are all interested in the former number two pick Sources say Trubisky is still just 27. Bills loved having him, and several execs told me Mitch is viewed as a starting QB right now. End quote. So there you go. Our commanders again being linked to Mitchell Trubisky. As I discussed on Friday's show, episode 259, during which I did a deep dive on Mitchell Trubisky, there are reasons to think that there is something there with Trubisky. So I'm not against the commander signing him. I just don't want them signing him as the guy, the plan at quarterback for the 2022 season. I would endorse the commander signing Trubisky as part of the plan at quarterback 
for the 2022 season. But if the commanders aren't going to trade for a big name quarterback, then I want them taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. And speaking of that, coming up on this show, I will give you my thoughts on the perceived top six quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. This is a Commander's Combine preview show installment of the Al Galdi podcast. And so I will tell you what I think with Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong. The perceived strengths with each guy, the concerns with each guy, the key stats for each guy, and much more. In-depth NFL draft quarterback talk is coming up. Now, I said that if the commanders aren't going to trade for a big-name quarterback, then I want them taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Well, do we now have another big-name quarterback to add to our commander's wish list of franchise quarterbacks? The situation between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, already strange, now is even more strange. Could it be that Kyler should be considered by our commanders? I'm going to talk about this coming up. Uh, I have roof talk for you. Uh, Yes, roof talk. Uh, Next segment, in fact, as it appears as if the commander's next stadium will have a roof. How do we feel about that? Uh, I'll tell you how I feel about that next segment. And I will talk Capitals. Another regulation loss for the Caps on Monday night. 5-3 the final to the Toronto Maple Leafs at Capital Win Arena. Ilya Samsonov got pulled in favor of the returning Vitek Vanacek. It's nice that Vanacek is back, but it's not nice that the Caps are in a slump right now. Uh, We are monitoring the Major League Baseball lockout situation as I am taping this installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Let's see, it is 4.12 a.m. on Tuesday, and negotiations went well into Monday night slash Tuesday morning, and the self-imposed deadline by MOB has been extended to 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday in terms of needing to strike a deal with the MLB Players Association in order to avoid canceled regular season games. We all know how things work in these labor negotiations. Deadlines drive deals, and it is looking more and more like a deal will be struck between MLB and the MLBPA. So we shall see. Uh, But I would say cautious optimism regarding a deal being struck between MLB and the MLBPA and uh, us avoiding the cancellation of any regular season games. Uh, We'll see. We will hope for the best when it comes to the MLB lockout. Well, if you want your business or practice to do its best, there's no better way to have your business or practice do its best and, uh, by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, podcast advertising is very affordable, very much provides a bang for your buck. Contact us and see what we can do for you. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I got this tweet from Matt O on our commanders potentially signing Mitchell Trubisky. Writes Matt, trying to prepare myself for what seems to be the most likely scenario of Mitch Trubisky to D.C., maybe look at the positives, wondering what his relationship with Allen Robinson is. Uh, Draft a rookie QB at 11 to sit behind Trubisky, then add a free agent middle linebacker. Uh, Thanks for the tweet, Matt. Yeah, I'm not sure that Allen Robinson is going to want to sign with our commanders. Allen Robinson has dealt 
with uh, quarterback uncertainty and instability for so much of his career. I would think that Allen Robinson wants to sign with a team with quarterback certainty and quarterback uh, stability. You know, Robinson is coming off a down 2021 season, certainly by his standards. Uh, things did that go well for Robinson with the Chicago Bears this past season. And, you know, I would say for Allen Robinson's sake, as he's now approaching 30, he needs to start playing for a team with a good quarterback. But, I mean, would I take Allen Robinson on the Commanders? Uh, heck yeah, I would take Allen Robinson on our Commanders, especially if you might be able to get him on the cheap or the semi-cheap, given again that he had that down 2021 season. Uh, email from Ken on the Commanders' next stadium potentially being in Dumfries, Virginia. Writes Ken, if Washington chooses the totally awful distant Dumfries site, it will quickly become the commies are playing in the dump. This organization's incompetence knows no bounds. Uh, I hear you, Ken. That would be quite the double whammy. The name change and then the move to Dumfries, <laughs> okay? That's like getting punched in the mouth and then kicked in the groin, okay? Uh, for the record, I would be very surprised if Dumfries, Virginia actually ends up being the site for the Commander's Next Stadium. I do think that the Sterling, Virginia, and Woodbridge, Virginia sites are far more likely than the Dumfries, Virginia site. Uh, Dumfries would be a really hard sell, okay? And no offense to the fine people of Dumfries. I do think some of what's being said about Dumfries, Virginia is a little over the top, but uh, that would be a hard sell to say, yeah, we're building a new stadium and it's in Dumfries, Virginia. Uh, a lot of people uh, would be turned off by that. There's no question about that. Just the reaction to these reports about Dumfries, Virginia being a potential site for the Commander's Next Stadium uh, tells you everything about the general perception of Dumfries, Virginia as potentially being the site for the Commander's Next Stadium. Uh, email from Robert Krakauer on where he's at in his fandom of the Commander's. Writes Robert, uh, I want to explain my relationship with the Cummies. For a while, I've wanted to express this feeling. I am bullish on Ron Rivera. I want the commies to win all of their games in spite of he who shall not be named. And uh, I believe Robert is referring to Dan Snyder with that. Not Kirk Cousins, uh, as I will refer to Kirky uh, by that moniker or something similar to it. Continues, Robert. That's my feeling on the football side. Everywhere else, from the name to the Sean Taylor thing to the sexual harassment stuff, for all of those things, I root hard against the commies. I hope Jason Wright keeps being questioned. Dan Snyder is irredeemable for me, so I want him to get as humiliated as possible. In summation, I root for the team on the field and against the team off the field. Thank goodness for the latter, because you know who has ruined the former. Uh, yeah, Robert, I think that your approach to your commander's fandom makes sense. And I'm guessing your approach is shared with more than a few people. I do think that you can compartmentalize fandom. Uh, I know that I compartmentalize my fandom. You know, the football is separate from the business. And so to me, rooting for the team to do well on the field doesn't mean that you're rooting for Dan Snyder, or even that you are supporting Dan Snyder, even though, yes, I get that you are supporting Dan in rooting for his team, but you get the idea. I think that you can separate the two, the football from the business. Uh, this is why Dan, being the owner of the team, will never make me not be a fan of the team. I can separate the football from the business, and honestly, I'm not going to let his ownership ruin my fandom, okay? 
I'm not giving up my fandom because the owner isn't good. Uh, That, to me, would be making him as owner be even worse. But I get that everyone is different with our lovable franchise. Well, if you own or run a business, I'm sure that you have done much better than Danny has done at owning the team, now known as the Commanders. But if you want to do even better, then you should put ImageWorks to work for you. Uh, If you are looking to be more creative and effective with how you run your business, if you're looking to improve how you communicate and reach customers, if you're looking to upgrade how you operate digitally, then put ImageWorks to work for you. ImageWorks is a full-service boutique web design branding and marketing company, and ImageWorks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. ImageWorks has the talent and experience to make sure that you outshine the competition. ImageWorks is an award-winning full-service marketing agency, web design company, and branding firm all in one. Uh, ImageWorks and you will plan your success strategy, create exceptional brand and web experiences, market your business to your customers, and evolve your brand and website experience. Uh, ImageWorks has a wide range of clients, uh, startups, small businesses, mid-sized businesses. ImageWorks can work with a business based anywhere, not just in the DMV. So what's the offer? Well, ImageWorks doesn't want to sell you. ImageWorks wants to show you what it can do. And that starts with a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. ImageWorks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via ImageWorks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. So here's what you do. Go to imageworkscreative.com, click on contact near the upper right corner, and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com. Imageworkscreative.com, click on contact near the upper right corner, and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. Uh, also, you can call or text the owner of ImageWorks, Scott, at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott's a big fan of all Washington, D.C. area teams. He is a regular listener of this podcast, and he loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing what he is doing since 1996. ImageWorks, creative minds focused on what goal? your business success. All right, so we on Monday's show, episode 260, discussed a major development in the Commander Stadium saga that three potential sites in Virginia for the Commander's next stadium are in Sterling, Virginia, Woodbridge, Virginia, and Dumfries, Virginia. Everybody's favorite potential site for the Commander's next stadium, Dumfries, Virginia. Uh, <laughs> I also got uh, into the truth about why Washington, D.C. does not have the momentum to be the site of the Commander's Next Stadium, as so many people want D.C. to have the momentum to be the site for the Commander's Next Stadium. Well, we on Monday morning got another item regarding the Commander's Next Stadium. Now, this isn't a shocking item like, say, the Dumfries reveal was, but this is a notable item. Uh, Commander's Insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com on Monday morning reported that the Commander's Next Stadium will have some type of a roof. Yes, some kind of a roof will be in effect for the Commander's Next Stadium. The ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan famously said. 
I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, the ceiling is the roof. Uh, I'm still not sure all these years later what exactly MJ meant by that. But yeah, the ceiling is the roof. Uh, this will be true for the Commander's Next Stadium. The ceiling will be the roof. Uh, now, there are two types of roofs for NFL stadiums, fixed roofs and retractable roofs. Uh, we have 32 teams in the NFL, but just 30 NFL stadiums is the New York Giants and New York Jets share MetLife Stadium, and the Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers share SoFi Stadium. Ten of the NFL's 30 stadiums have fixed or retractable roofs. So a third of the NFL's stadiums have fixed or retractable roofs. Uh, five current NFL stadiums have retractable roofs. Uh, those stadiums are the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium, the Atlanta Falcons Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Arizona Cardinals State Farm Stadium, the Indianapolis Colts Lucas Oil Stadium, and the Houston Texans NRG Stadium. And then five current NFL stadiums have fixed roofs. Those stadiums are the New Orleans Saints Caesars Superdome, the Detroit Lions Ford Field, the Minnesota Vikings U.S. Bank Stadium, the Los Angeles Rams, and Los Angeles Chargers SoFi Stadium, and the Las Vegas Raiders Allegiant Stadium. Uh, my hope is that the Commander's Next Stadium will have a retractable roof as opposed to a fixed roof. To completely lose any possibility of outdoor football for Commander's home games would be a shame. I get that retractable roofs cost a lot, but this entire stadium project is going to cost a lot. So in for a dime, in for a dollar, or in this case, in for three billion dimes, in for three billion dollars. Uh, look, football is made for bad weather, especially the snow, and to completely lose any possibility of bad weather football for Commander's home games would not be good. So I'm hoping for a retractable roof as opposed to a fixed roof. But that said, I want to make two things clear about the Commander's next stadium having some type of a roof. The first thing is that the frequency with which we have had home snow games for the Redskins slash Washington football team really isn't that high. Uh, the Washington, D.C. area is not Boston. Uh, the Washington, D.C. area is not Hartford. Uh, yes, it can get quite cold in the Washington, D.C. area. And yes, we have gotten more than our share of snow over the years, but there just have not been that many snow games for the Redskins slash Washington football team over the years. And actually, when I think about home snow games for the Redskins slash Washington football team, at least in recent years or semi-recent years, the game that comes to my mind first is a terrible game. Uh, the 45-10 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at FedEx Field in December 2013 in the dying days of Mike Shanahan as Skins head coach. That was a horrendous game for the Skins. I will never forget that game. That game featured the first half from special teams hell for the Skins. So as much as we all love snow games, and I certainly love snow games, there really haven't been that many for the team now known as the Commanders in terms of home games for a long time now. Uh, and snow games are what we like in terms of bad weather games. Like nobody's getting excited for games in the rain or games with extreme wind, at least not getting all that excited. Uh, a second thing about the Commander's Next Stadium having some type of a roof that I want to make clear is that I do get why the team wants some type of a roof with the team's next stadium. This stadium project is going to cost a lot of money, uh, at least $3 billion, probably more. To go to that length to construct a stadium that only gets used for one or two preseason games per season, eight or nine regular season games per season, 
and then, you know, maybe a few concerts or soccer matches per year isn't good enough. Uh, The new stadium, in order to generate the revenue that the new stadium needs to generate, needs to be in use far more than an outdoor NFL stadium in the Washington, D.C. area realistically can be in use. The idea with the Commander's Next Stadium is for it to host a bunch more things than just NFL games. You know, we're talking more concerts. We're talking Final Fours. We're talking big WWE shows. You know, think WrestleMania. Think the Royal Rumble. Think SummerSlam. Who knows what else? And yes, some of these things can be held outdoors, but you open yourself up to many more events when you at least offer the possibility of the events being indoors. Uh, I am all for the Commanders and Dumfries, Virginia, or whatever jurisdiction has the Team Stack Stadium to make as much money off the stadium as possible. You know, we can't sit here and whine and cry about FedEx Field and then the team builds a new state-of-the-art stadium that costs billions of dollars and then we're mad that the stadium has some type of a roof for the purpose of generating as much revenue as possible. I'm fine with the next stadium having some type of a roof. Like I said, I do hope that the roof is a retractable roof. But you know what's interesting is that NFL teams can and do construct their rosters based on those teams' home weather environments. Uh, In other words, if you know that you can play all of your home games indoors, you might put together your roster in a certain way, you know, say put together your roster with a bunch of speedsters, you know, more skill and finesse players, as opposed to if you know that you might play a good number of your home games outside in the cold or even in bad weather, you might approach your roster another way in that scenario. I wonder if the Commander's Next Stadium having some type of a roof will impact the team's roster construction. But uh, as we know, we are years away from the team actually playing games in a new stadium. So we are nowhere near close to the time at which we would be able to tell whether the new stadium and having a roof would impact how the team puts together the team's roster. We need to figure out where the next stadium is going to be first. Uh, But yeah, something like, you know, the seat cushion game, one of the great games in Redskins history, right? Redskins over the Atlanta Falcons 24-7 at RFK Stadium in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs in January 1992 and are out to winning Super Bowl 26. Uh, that game happened in the rain. That game may well not have happened as it did if the Skins had had a retractable roof. Uh, although Joe Gibbs used to call bad weather Redskins weather, so Coach Joe may have demanded that the roof stay open on that day. Because again, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Yes, <laughs> thank you, MJ. I'm still trying to figure that one out from Michael. Uh, up next, Kyler Murray. What is going on with this guy and the Arizona Cardinals? And do Kyler's problems with the Cardinals mean that maybe, just maybe, Kyler is an option for our franchise quarterback, needy commanders? We'll get to all of that after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, just as one major franchise quarterback seemingly is no longer in any way an option for our franchise quarterback needy commanders, now another major franchise quarterback is perhaps a possibility for our commanders. We on Monday's show, episode 260, talked about Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini last Thursday morning tweeted that Aaron Rodgers would be informing the Packers of his decision regarding wanting to remain with them and or retiring, quote, soon, end quote, and that she had been told that there were, quote, multiple teams, end quote, with trade offers on the table. Well, Diana went on The Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 last Friday morning said that the commanders were not among the teams that had made trade offers for Rodgers and that the commanders were not on a potential destination list for Rodgers. In other words, Aaron Rodgers basically wants nothing to do with the commanders. So as things stand right now, we cross Aaron Rodgers off our commanders franchise quarterback wish list. Well, now we have what's going on with Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. As one dream franchise quarterback drifts away, another dream franchise quarterback arrives into the conversation. So Kyler Murray, his situation has gotten even more bizarre. This all started in early February when it emerged that Kyler Murray had scrubbed his Instagram account of all but two photos and no longer followed the Cardinals on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Nobody was sure what to make of that. You almost felt silly trying to read into that. I mean, we're talking about, in theory anyway, a grown man and his social media and what his social media behavior might suggest about his relationship with his employer. But we know things well enough these days to know that social media behavior can be reflective of larger situations. Well, then came ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen on February 13th, Super Bowl Sunday, putting out multiple bombshell tweets regarding Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Mortensen tweeted that Kyler was, quote, described as self-centered, immature, and finger pointer, per sources, end quote, that Kyler was, quote, embarrassed, end quote, by the Cardinals' 34-11 loss at the Los Angeles Rams in the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs, and that select Cardinals veterans were hoping to reach Kyler on how he can better handle adversity. So those tweets from Mortensen were really alarming, right? Major red flags regarding Kyler Murray. Self-centered, immature, a finger pointer. I mean, those are three of the worst descriptions that you can have 
for an NFL quarterback, especially one who people were presuming wanted a big money contract extension. Kyler Murray is entering the fourth year of his rookie contract. And as I discussed on the podcast, you also had to ask yourself, well, where was all of this stuff coming from, right? Because this Chris Mortensen report reeked of things that had been leaked from the Cardinals, right? Maybe Cardinals executives, maybe Cardinals coaches, maybe Cardinals players, Whoever leaked this stuff, this stuff got leaked. So people within the Cardinals organization apparently had it out for Kyler Murray. You had to ask why. Well, now we have what we got on Monday morning. Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhardt, on Monday morning released one of the most obnoxious statements that you'll ever see. Uh, The statement was very lengthy. The statement was in all capital letters. The statement included portions that were italicized or in bold letters. The statement boasted of Kyler Murray's accomplishments. And the statement called for the Cardinals to give Kyler a contract extension. Uh, I will not read the entire statement because doing so would require this episode 261 of the Al Galdi podcast becoming episodes 261 and 262 of the podcast. The statement goes on and on and on, uh, but the statement included the following, quote, we sent a detailed contract proposal to the organization. It was important to Kyler that his proposal reflected all of the following, provides financial protection, is in line with the current QB market that compares his results alongside relevant comps, lowers his 2022-23 salary cap number to allow the Cardinals to re-sign other deserving teammates and add additional free agents, and most importantly, represents a real commitment from the organization to see if their ultimate goals align with his two above. Parentheses, consistently competing for championships, and Kyler being their QB. Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. It is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old, already two-time Pro Bowl QB, who led the organization from three wins before his arrival to 11 wins and their first playoff appearance in five years, or rather, if they choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas and continuing to merely talk about addressing Kyler's long-term future as their QB, end quote. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, uh, what an obnoxious statement. Uh, I don't know what Kyler Murray or his agent, Eric Burkhardt, were thinking in putting out this statement. This statement doesn't make Kyler Murray look like a winner. This statement makes Kyler Murray look like a whiner. This statement makes Kyler Murray look like a problem player, like a pain in the neck, like a guy who, when he's not getting his way, has to air his dirty laundry in public and does so in a very demanding fashion. I mean, Eric Burkhardt in that statement is giving the Cardinals an ultimatum, extend Kyler, or that means that you don't really want Kyler. What were Kyler and Eric Burkhardt thinking with this statement? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the mindset when a player and his agent put out a statement like that. What do you think? You're going to win people over with a statement like that? No way. No way. That is a total turnoff statement. I can promise you that. And so all of this brings us to our team, the Commanders, who, as you may have heard, are looking for a franchise quarterback. And as we know in sports, one team's problem can be 
another team's solution. Should the commanders now be thinking Kyler Murray? Can we throw Kyler Murray into a mix that is down to Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson as potential trade targets in terms of well-established franchise quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers appears to be off the list. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr appears to be off the list. But can we maybe possibly add Kyler to our commander's dream franchise quarterback wish list? Well, uh, I would be very surprised if the Cardinals end up trading Kyler Murray. This does still feel like a situation that can be resolved. But it's interesting with Kyler because from a football standpoint, I would be all in on him. No questions asked. Kyler Murray is young. Kyler Murray is talented. Kyler Murray has no significant injury history in his NFL career. And Kyler Murray has blossomed into a franchise quarterback. The Cardinals took Kyler Murray with the number one pick in the 2019 NFL draft out of Oklahoma. Kyler's ranking in ESPN's total QBR has improved over his first three NFL regular seasons. 2019 regular season, Kyler finished number 15 among qualified quarterbacks in total QBR at 57.7. 2020 regular season, Kyler finished number 14 among qualified quarterbacks in total QBR at 61.9. And 2021 regular season, Kyler finished number seven among qualified quarterbacks in total QBR at 57.3. Uh, Kyler's yards per pass attempt has improved over his first three NFL regular seasons. 2019, 687. 2027, 12. 2021, 787. Kyler's completion percentage has improved over his first three NFL regular seasons. 2019, 64.4. 2020, 67.2. 2021, 69.2. So Kyler Murray is getting better. He's improving. Uh, he can run. And he has quarterbacked the Cardinals to quite the turnaround. Uh, the Cardinals over Kyler's three regular seasons have gone from 5-10-1 in the 2019 regular season to 8-8 eight eight in the 2020 regular season to 11-6 in the 2021 regular season. Again, getting better, improving. So if Kyler Murray was to be available via trade, and I don't think that he is available via trade, but if he was available via trade, from a football standpoint, heck yeah, I would want the commanders in on Kyler Murray. But now with all of this drama, you really do have to rethink things. I mean, that Chris Mortensen report in which Kyler is called self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer, uh, that is jarring. This whacked out statement from Kyler Murray's agent on Monday morning, uh, that is jarring. You know, there's also this, the Dan Patrick Show appearance. Do you remember this? Kyler Murray on February 1st, 2019, gave a horribly awkward interview on the Dan Patrick Show, uh, at times saying nothing, literally nothing, in response to questions having anything to do with football. Uh, this was during a time in which it wasn't clear whether Kyler would be committing to football or baseball. Remember, Kyler was a really good baseball player. The Oakland A's actually took Kyler Murray with the number nine pick in the 2018 MLB draft. But that Dan Patrick show appearance was very strange. But that also was three years ago. So I'd come to view that as maybe just Kyler having been really young and immature. Well, now what? What are we to think about Kyler Murray now? Is immaturity still a problem for Kyler Murray? And from the perspective of our commanders, I get that beggars cannot be choosers. And make no mistake, our commanders are beggars when it comes to wanting a franchise quarterback. So if Kyler Murray does become available via trade, the commanders should at least make some calls and see what's up. 
But if the Cardinals were to be willing to trade Kyler Murray, that right there to me would be another red flag with Kyler. If he's so worth having, why would the Cardinals be willing to trade him? So we'll see where this Kyler Murray situation goes, but all of a sudden, it may be that Kyler Murray could be someone for the Commanders to be considering in their quest for a franchise quarterback. All right, so the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine is beginning on Tuesday, will last through Monday. The Combine is again taking place at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, Now, the 2022 NFL Draft does not begin until April 28th, so we are still a little less than two months away from the draft. But the Combine, as you surely know, is a huge deal. A, because the Combine is where draft season really gets kicked into gear with teams getting medical information and getting player size information and interviewing players. And B, because the Combine is an NFL convention. Uh, It is during Combine week, which is this week, uh, that NFL executives, coaches, scouts, reporters, all congregate, all get together and go out and drink and talk and gossip and drink. And all kinds of stuff inevitably gets reported and leaked during Combine Week. So this week could be a very big week in terms of Commander's quarterback reports and rumors. But speaking of our Commanders and their need for a franchise quarterback, uh, let's now discuss the perceived top quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft, uh, in which our Commanders have the number 11 overall pick. Now, the quarterbacks are not scheduled to work out at the Combine until Thursday, but who knows what will pop up between now and then. So I wanted to give you my thoughts on the perceived top quarterbacks in the 2022 draft on this show for Tuesday. Uh, It really is something how this commander's offseason from a football standpoint is all about quarterback. I know that that's not literally true. Like there are other position groups that matter for the commanders right now beyond quarterback, but I sense very little appetite for, you know, breakdowns of the middle linebackers in the 2022 draft. No position in football comes close to mattering as much as quarterback, especially in today's NFL. Everybody knows that. And with the commanders, there is a particular urgency right now at the quarterback position. So Here we go. Uh, The quarterback who I am most anxious to find out more about during the combine is Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. Uh, His stock has soared over the last few weeks and for good reason. Every NFL draft season has a quarterback whose stock soars. Malik Willis very much is feeling like that guy. So one of the things that I've talked about with this commander's search for a franchise quarterback this offseason is that I want the commander's thinking upside. Uh, The goal here should be greatness. The goal should not be good. The goal should be great. The goal should not be just to get someone who's better than Taylor Heineke. The goal should be to get someone who can truly be great. And what often leads to greatness is upside being realized. So as flawed as the 2022 draft quarterback class may be, at least in terms of perception, the way to attack the class, I believe, is to figure out which quarterback has the most upside and then determine how likely realizing that upside may be. Well, Malik Willis, to me, has the most upside of any quarterback in the 2022 draft. Uh, I, on episode 245 of this podcast, spoke with NFL draft analyst Thor Nystrom 
of NBC Sports Edge. Uh, Thor was great, gave a great breakdown of the quarterbacks who participated in 2022 Senior Bowl week. Among those quarterbacks was Malik Willis, and Thor said that Malik Willis is, quote, by far and away the most athletic quarterback, end quote, in the 2022 draft class, and is, quote, one of the three or four top scramblers, end quote, in an NFL draft, quote, in the past 20 to 25 years. For me, it's him and Lamar Jackson since I've been doing this in terms of value added on with their legs, end quote. Uh, High praise from our guy Thor on Malik Willis, and that really stood out to me, but there's a lot more about Malik Willis that stands out. Uh, Malik Willis is legit in terms of his ability as a runner. Malik Willis transferred from Auburn to Liberty. Malik Willis, during his sophomore season at Auburn, what was the 2018 season, ran a 4-3-7-40. Malik Willis was a monster in terms of his rushing in his 2021 senior season at Liberty. Malik Willis for the 2021 season was number one among all quarterbacks in the FBS in ESPN's clutch-weighted expected points added through rushes at 54.7. Willis for the 2021 season was number one among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in Pro Football Focus's rushing grade at 94.5. Willis for the 2021 season for PFF was number one among all quarterbacks in the FBS in runs of at least 10 yards at 46. Willis for the 2021 season for PFF was number one among all quarterbacks in the FBS in broken tackles generated at 90. Are you sensing a pattern here with Malik Willis as a runner? Uh, Malik Willis over his two seasons at Liberty totaled 1,822 rushing yards and 27 rushing touchdowns and averaged 5.39 yards per carry. But Malik Willis isn't all legs. If he was, then I wouldn't be talking about him like this. But Malik Willis, in addition to his rushing ability, has a cannon for an arm. No quarterback improved his stock more during 2022 Senior Bowl week than Malik Willis did. Uh, He, during practice on the Wednesday of Senior Bowl week, what was February 2nd? Yes, what was? 2.2.22 put on a show at Senior Bowl practice. Malik Willis on that day wowed onlookers. He was firing bullets despite there being a driving rain during practice in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, You listen to what people say about Willis on that day. You read about Willis on that day. His passes cut through the rain in impressive fashion and in a manner in which passes from the other top Senior Bowl quarterbacks did not. And keep in mind that 2022 Senior Bowl included five of the perceived top six quarterbacks in the 2022 draft, and Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, and Desmond Ritter. So it's not like Malik Willis was competing with a bunch of jabronis during Senior Bowl week. Uh, Malik Willis, for the 2021 season, was number one among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS, and Pro Football Focus's big-time throw rate at 11%, a big-time throw rate of 11% is outstanding. So Malik Willis offers great upside. I'm really excited to see more of him at the Combine. The concerns with Willis have to do with his accuracy and his size. And accuracy is a big thing. There's no doubt about this. Uh, Willis, over his two seasons at Liberty, had a completion percentage of just 62.4, including in his 2021 senior season, having a completion percentage of just 61.1. And if you go advanced, Malik Willis for the 2021 college football season ranked just 73rd among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS and pro football focus is uncatchable pass rate. Uh, That's not good to rank that low 
in a category that key. Uncatchable pass rate, Malik Willis for the 2021 season, just 73rd among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS. And then with Malik Willis's size, uh, look, personally, I don't get caught up in a quarterback size, but if you care about a quarterback size, uh, Willis during 2022 Senior Bowl Week measured as being six feet and three-eighths of an inch and 220 pounds. Look, Malik Willis is far from a sure thing, but no quarterback in this 2022 draft class is a sure thing. But I would not be surprised at all if Malik Willis is the first quarterback taken in the 2022 draft. And if the commanders want him, they may have to trade up for him. And personally, I am open to the commanders trading up for Malik Willis. Uh, If Willis isn't the top quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft, then Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett is the top quarterback in the 2022 draft, at least as things stand right now. Kenny Pickett had an incredible breakout 2021 season. Kenny Pickett seemingly came out of nowhere to have an exceptional 2021 redshirt senior season at Pitt. This was similar to what Joe Burrow did in having an exceptional 2019 season at LSU of having had an underwhelming first season as LSU starting quarterback in 2018. So Pickett was Pitt starting quarterback for four seasons, 2018 through 2021. He was a very underwhelming quarterback over those first three seasons, 2018 through 2020, 35 games, a total of just 38 touchdown passes versus 24 interceptions, a yards per pass attempt of just 6.73. And then Pickett erupted in 2021. He over 13 games in the 2021 season, had 42 touchdown passes versus seven interceptions and a yards per pass attempt of 8.69. So understand, Kenny Pickett, four seasons as Pitt starting quarterback, first three seasons, a total of 38 touchdown passes, but Kenny Pickett in his 2021 redshirt senior season, a total of 42 touchdown passes. And Pickett's 2021 season also was great when viewed through the prism of pro football focus. Of Pickett's passing grade for PFF for the 2019 season was 75.0. His passing grade for PFF for the 2020 season was just 69.8, but his passing grade for PFF for the 2021 season was 92. Point three. Uh, in terms of mobility, no, Kenny Pickett is not Malik Willis, but Kenny Pickett is mobile enough. And that certainly was on display in the ACC championship game. Uh, Pitt's 45-21 win over Wake Forest at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, December 4th. Uh, Kenny Pickett had the fake slide touchdown run, one of the highlight plays of the 2021 college football season. An early first quarter, third and five, 58-yard shotgun scramble touchdown run on which he acted like he was about to slide, but then kept running and eventually scored a touchdown. I mean, he's not electric as a ball carrier, but he certainly can be effective as a ball carrier. And Kenny Pickett has a lot of experience as a quarterback. Kenny Pickett, again, was pit starting quarterback for four seasons, 52 games in his collegiate career. The concerns with Kenny Pickett, well, there is the hand size thing. Uh, Kenny Pickett has small hands. And look, I think the hand size thing can be way overrated. But it is true that you would like it so that your quarterback has large hands as opposed to small hands. Uh, What you generally want with a quarterback is a hand size of at least nine inches. Uh, Pickett's hand size is said to be a little more than eight inches. And he, in fact, did not have his hand size measured 
during Senior Bowl week in Mobile, Alabama. So that right there sounded sirens of, well, geez, if his hand size isn't a problem, why won't he have it? his hand size measured. Now, uh, the reason behind this is that Kenny Pickett has a double-jointed thumb. Uh, The double-jointed nature of the thumb causes the thumb to naturally point in an odd direction, and the idea has been that he is doing exercises to try to get a more normal direction for his thumb for a better hand size measurement at the combine. Uh, Hand size measurements, in case you don't know, are done by measuring the tip of the thumb to the tip of the pinky with the hand outstretched. Yes, uh, this all sounds a little ridiculous, I know, uh, but this stuff does matter in today's NFL, at least to some people. Uh, in terms of whether Kenny Pickett's small hands were a problem at Pitt, well, that depends on that's at which you look. It's a little confusing here. Finding fumbling data is not the easiest thing for college football players. Uh, Kenny Pickett officially had 26 career fumbles at Pitt, but Pickett for Pro Football Focus had 38 career fumbles at Pitt. So depending on what you want to go by here, Kenny Pickett either had a major fumbling problem in his collegiate career or had some fumbles in his collegiate career, but otherwise, you know, doesn't overwhelm you with the number of fumbles that he had. But yeah, the hand size thing, whether people like it or not, is going to be a thing with Kenny Pickett in the coming days. Uh, There also is a time to throw thing with Kenny Pickett. This to me is interesting. So Kenny Pickett had this great 2021 season at Pitt. The great season came with him for Pro Football Focus averaging 3.19 seconds to throw. Uh, That is a lot of time in terms of an average time to throw. That would have been the slowest average time to throw in the NFL in the 2021 regular season. 3.19 seconds. Uh, The way things work in the NFL today, right, is you have a lot of quick throws because you're not going to have 3.19 seconds on average uh, to make decisions and get rid of football. So would Kenny Pickett be able to thrive in an environment in which he could not take an average of 3.19 seconds to throw? Don't know that. Uh, Believe it or not, there are concerns with Kenny Pickett regarding whether he is a good, bad weather quarterback, even though he played at Pitt. Uh, So Kenny Pickett, during his collegiate career for Pro Football Focus, had a total passing grade of just 37.2 in games in which there was some type of precipitation. Uh, Yes, we do have a measurement for how a quarterback does in games in which there is some type of precipitation. Uh, Kenny Pickett, over the course of his four seasons as Pitt starting quarterback, was not a great bad weather quarterback, at least for PFF. And Kenny Pickett is an older quarterback. Uh, Some might take that as a negative. He was born on June 6, 1998. So his NFL rookie season, the 2022 season, will be his age 24 season. He's entering the NFL in his mid-20s, essentially. Uh, But I would uh, respond to that with this. Joe Burrow's 2020 NFL rookie season was his age 24 season. So personally, I'm not that bothered by Kenny Pickett's age. Uh, I'm also not that bothered by the lack of a sample size of greatness. I mean, it does stand out the extent to which Kenny Pickett's 2021 season was so much better than any of his three previous seasons as Pitt's starting quarterback. But sometimes it clicks for a quarterback, and when it clicks, it has clicked, and that's it. He's off and running, and Joe Burrow is the perfect example of that. You know, people wondered about Joe Burrow and whether he was a one-year wonder collegiate quarterback. Again, He was not a great quarterback in 2018. He then was a spectacular quarterback in 2019. Well, so far, he's done just fine as an NFL starting quarterback. So uh, I do think it's quite possible that Kenny Pickett's career uh, is following that Joe Burrow-like trajectory. But it is true, like you only do have the one season of greatness from Kenny Pickett 
as a college quarterback. Uh, we move now to the only quarterback out of the perceived top six quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL Draft who did not participate in Senior Bowl week. And that quarterback is Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Uh, this 2022 NFL scouting combine is especially big for Matt Corral because he was not able to make a Senior Bowl impression the way that these other quarterbacks were able to make Senior Bowl impressions. So Matt Corral, interesting guy, a significant sample size of collegiate success. Uh, unlike Kenny Pickett, who had just one collegiate season of greatness, unlike Malik Willis, who had his collegiate success while playing for a smaller program in Liberty, Matt Corral, over his two full seasons as Ole Miss's starting quarterback, put up big numbers in the toughest conference in the country, the SEC. I mean, there's no arguing with doing well over the course of two seasons as a quarterback in the SEC. Uh, Corral, in his 2020 redshirt sophomore season, had a yards per pass attempt of 10.24. That's excellent. And a completion percentage of 70.9 and ranked number three among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR at 89.9. Corral, in his 2021 redshirt junior season, had a yards per pass attempt of 8.71 and a completion percentage of 67.7 and ranked number 10 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR per ESPN at 80.5. So big time production from Corral each of the last two seasons. Matt Corral has a strong arm. You know, I would say the two quarterbacks with the strongest arms in the 2022 NFL draft are Malik Willis and Carson Strong. We'll get to Strong in just a bit, but you can very much make the case that Corral is number three in terms of quarterback arm strength in the 2022 draft. And Matt Corral is a significant run threat. Uh, he thrived as a runner at Ole Miss. Corral in 23 games over his two full seasons as Ole Miss's starting quarterback totaled 1,120 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns and averaged 4.24 yards per carry. Uh, a concern, though, with Matt Corral is he's thin. Uh, he has a slim frame. Uh, Corral was listed by Ole Miss as being 6'2", and 205 pounds. He dealt with multiple ankle injuries during his 2021 season, including most prominently being carted off the field in the first quarter of Ole Miss's 21-7 loss to Baylor in the Sugar Bowl on January 1st. Uh, now, the injury ended up being a sprained right ankle. It was not the serious injury that people feared the injury to be, uh, but still, uh, there may be an injury-prone nature to Matt Corral, given his frame. Uh, he also threw a lot of interceptions in his 2020 season. Uh, this, to me, isn't the end-all, be-all, because uh, as Rex Grossman once told us, every interception has its own story, and Matt Corral's advanced numbers for the 2020 season were quite good, but he, in that 2020 season, did throw 14 interceptions. Uh, that was the second-worst interception total in the FBS in the 2020 season. Uh, how about North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell? You know, going into the 2021 college football season. Sam Howell was viewed by most people as the number one quarterback approaching the 2022 NFL draft. Well, Sam Howell was a productive starting quarterback at North Carolina for three seasons. Uh, Howell was North Carolina's starting quarterback for three seasons, 2019 through 2021. Howell emerged as a major run threat in his final collegiate season. Uh, Sam Howell over his 2019 and 2020 seasons totaled just 181 rushing yards, but Howell, during his 2021 junior season, totaled 828 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns and averaged 4.52 
yards per carry. He, in a lot of ways, changed how people view him as a quarterback. He went from really not being all that much of a run threat to being a major run threat this past college football season. But speaking of that season, so the 2021 season for Sam Howell was complicated. North Carolina lost quite a few skill position players from the 2020 season. Among those players, current commanders receiver De'Ami Brown. Uh, And so Sam Howell's production ended up dropping in the 2021 season. This was a concern with him going into the 2021 season. How would Howell do off Carolina having lost some key skill position guys? Well, the answer is Sam Howell's production did drop. Uh, His completion percentage went from 68.1 for the 2020 season to 62.5 for the 2021 season. His yards per pass attempt went from 10.3 for the 2020 season to 8.81 for the 2021 season. However, Howell in some of the more telling quarterback metrics actually wasn't that different in his 2021 season as compared to how he was in his 2020 season. Uh, Howell's total QBR per ESPN for the 2020 season was 79.3. His total QBR for the 2021 season was 76.1. I mean, not really that much of a difference. Uh, Howell's overall grade for pro football focus for the 2020 season was 92.3. His overall grade for PFF for the 2021 season was 90.9. So when you dig deep on Sam Howell's, quote, disappointing, end quote, 2021 season, it's actually not as bad Uh, as it may appear to be. Uh, There's also this, though, with Sam Howell. So I mentioned how he, in the 2021 season, became much more of a run threat than he had been over his first two seasons as North Carolina's starting quarterback. According to Pro Football Focus, 13% of Sam Howell's dropbacks in the 2021 season resulted in scrambles. Uh, That is a high percentage of your dropbacks resulting in scrambles, 13%. Now, a Porous North Carolina offensive line certainly had something to do with that percentage being so high. But the concern with Sam Howell is that he now has this overwillingness to run. And you can't be that way in the NFL. You can't be a one read and go guy, uh, you know, unless you're RG3 in his 2012 rookie season. But Sam Howell is not that. So uh, I do wonder about that. 13% of your dropbacks resulting in scrambles is something to keep in mind. Uh, Well, a guy who also can run is Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. Uh, Is Desmond Ritter someone who the commanders are considering? Desmond Ritter, a very experienced collegiate quarterback who demonstrated growth. Uh, Desmond Ritter, a four-year starting quarterback for Cincinnati 2018 through 2021. He had a very good 2018 redshirt freshman season, did then struggle in his 2019 redshirt sophomore season, but then was quite good over his final two seasons, 2020 and 2021, as Cincinnati's starting quarterback. Uh, Ritter in his 2020 redshirt junior season, 19 touchdown passes versus six interceptions, a yards per pass attempt of 817, and he ranked number 12 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS and total QBR per ESPN at 80.9. And then Ritter in his 2021 redshirt senior season, 30 touchdown passes versus eight interceptions, a yards per pass attempt of 861. Uh, did rank just 29th among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR at 71.9. But by and large, Desmond Ritter was a good quarterback his last two seasons at Cincinnati, and he increased both his overall grade for pro football focus and his passing grade for PFF in each season from 2019 
through 2021. Uh, Desmond Ritter, a major factor as a runner in college. Ritter over his four seasons as Cincinnati starting quarterback totaled 2,180 rushing yards and 28 rushing touchdowns and averaged 4.35 yards per carry. But there are concerns with Desmond Ritter. Uh, He's not viewed as overly gifted in terms of his physical traits. Uh, There are accuracy concerns with Desmond Ritter. Uh, That's always something to be worried about if a quarterback can't consistently throw the football where the quarterback needs to throw the football. And something that sticks with me, and maybe I make too big of a deal out of this, but Desmond Ritter struggled against Navy uh, in the 2021 season. So Navy fell to 1-6 and six with a 27-20 loss to then number 2 Cincinnati at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis on October 23rd, 2021. And this was an impressive performance by the midshipmen, given the opposition. I mean, Navy was not a very good team last season. Here you had Navy facing the number two team in the Associated Press Poll. Navy was a 28-point underdog or thereabouts. And the mids actually led in the second quarter 10-7 and actually won the fourth quarter 10-0. But the mids in this game held Ritter to just 176 yards on Thirty pass attempts, five point eight seven yards per pass attempt. And understand, it's not just that Navy ended up not being very good in the twenty twenty one season. It's also that Navy's defense was far from special in the twenty twenty one season. Navy's defense had its moments last season, but Navy finished the twenty twenty one season just seventy sixth in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. And yet Desmond Ritter struggled against a service academy school in Navy. And I love Navy, okay? I talk about Navy football on this podcast. I'm the only show in the market that talks Navy football with any kind of frequency. But uh, Ritter struggled against Navy this past season. And I'm kind of like, okay, uh, this guy's supposed to be that good and he couldn't get the job done against Navy? this past season. So like I said, maybe I make too big of a deal out of that. One of the worst things you can do as a sports fan, as a sports talker, is uh, harp too much on one game, like one event, okay? You should always look at the bigger picture as opposed to just one thing. But uh, for me anyway, uh, it's hard to just erase that uh, from the Galdi mental hard drive. And then one more quarterback for you, Nevada quarterback Carson Strong. Uh, Carson Strong is one of the more interesting quarterbacks to get into here. So Carson Strong has a cannon for an arm. I mean, the consensus opinion with Strong is that he at least has one of the strongest arms among the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft, if not the strongest arm among the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. Nevada listed strong as being 6'4 and 215 pounds. So 6'4, strong arm. You know, here you have your prototypical big, strong arm quarterback. Uh, Carson Strong, another experienced quarterback in this 2022 draft class. Uh, He was very good in each of his final two collegiate seasons. Strong was a three-year starting quarterback for Nevada. He, over his final two seasons, was terrific. Strong, in his 2020 redshirt sophomore season, totaled 27 touchdown passes versus four interceptions, registered a yards per pass attempt of 8.05, and had a completion percentage of 70.1. And then Strong, in his 2021 redshirt junior season, totaled 36 touchdown passes versus eight interceptions, registered a yards per pass attempt of 8.0, and had a completion percentage of 70.1. Also, Carson Strong threw a lot of passes this past college football season. Strong, for the 2021 season, ranked number four in the FBS in pass attempts with 524. He averaged 43.67 
pass attempts per game. For comparison's sake, Desmond Ritter for the 2021 season averaged 27.64 pass attempts per game. So Nevada leaned on Carson Strong a lot. Carson Strong, game in, game out, was dropping back a lot, throwing a lot of passes. So uh, in watching the tape of Carson Strong and studying Carson Strong, you really do get a massive sample size of what this guy is as a quarterback. And he has demonstrated an ability to lead an offense. You know, there are some concerns there with Desmond Ritter in terms of, well, does he need to be surrounded by a bunch of good players? Here you had Carson Strong shouldering the load and again, averaging 43.67 pass attempts per game this past season. Now, there is a major concern with Carson Strong, and the concern is his right knee. Uh, Carson Strong has a history of right knee problems. He underwent right knee surgery in February 2021. He underwent a right knee arthroscopy in August 2021. Now, there is word that the knee isn't nearly the concern as some people make it out to be. Uh, Okay, but this combine week, is where you'll hopefully get the truth about the Carson Strong right knee situation. Is this problematic? Is this chronic? Or is this something that can be handled and isn't going to hinder Carson Strong too much in his NFL career? But here's the thing. Even if Carson Strong doesn't have a chronic right knee problem, uh, he was a total non-factor as a runner in college. You know, so far, all of these quarterbacks who we've talked about to varying degrees can help you as a runner. And in today's NFL, I think that's so important that your quarterback be able to impact the game as a runner because read option looks are so popular and can be so effective. And if your quarterback is not at all a run threat, uh, I think that can really limit what you can do formationally and schematically. Uh, Again, with those read option looks, those things can be so valuable. Uh, The ability to create misdirection with read option looks to say nothing of actual read option plays, massive. I mean, we first saw that here locally with Mike and Kyle Shanahan and RG3 in the 2012 Redskins season, but it's all over the NFL now. Well, if Carson Strong can't run at all, uh, that's going to hinder you, at least to some degree, offensively. Understand this. So college football inexplicably counts yardage lost on sacks as rushing yardage for quarterbacks. I've never liked that. Carson Strong, over his three seasons as Nevada's starting quarterback, 2019 through 2021, totaled, you ready for this? Minus 309 rushing yards. Essentially, his rushing yardage came on lost yardage on sacks. That's it. He was a total non-factor as a ball carrier. Minus 309 rushing yards over his three seasons as Nevada's starting quarterback. You know, all of these impressive rushing yardage stats that I've given you regarding these other quarterbacks who we've talked about here, uh, those stats have included yardage lost on sacks, okay? So Malik Willis's rushing yardage numbers are even more impressive than they appear to be because those numbers include yardage lost on sacks. Well, with Carson Strong, basically the only thing that you have with him in terms of rushing yardage is yardage lost on sacks. So yeah, I can't emphasize this enough. Total non-factor as a ball carrier. You better be outstanding as a passer if you're a total non-factor as a ball carrier, as a quarterback. So again, this right knee issue with Carson Strong, what exactly the deal is with that right knee, a big time storyline during 
this combine week. Uh, so there you go. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong. Some thoughts on the perceived top six quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft. And I say perceived because you never know who may end up emerging at the quarterback position in this draft season. But big week for those guys. Really a big week for every player participating at the Combine. And yes, a big week for our commanders. Well, the rut for the Capitals continues. The Caps on Monday night lost in regulation again. Caps fell to 28-18-9 with a 5-3 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs at Capital One Arena on Monday night. Now, the Maple Leafs are a good team this season, but the Caps suffered a regulation loss for a 12th time in 21 games, and the Caps suffered a sixth consecutive home loss in each of those losses has been a regulation loss. The Caps' home ice advantage has gone bye-bye for some strange reason. Uh, this was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his post-game press conference on Monday night. It's frustration. It's just, I think, I think you're probably angry more than anything else. You know, it's our building and we're not getting it done. And so um, that's, it's got to be better. Yes, it does. Uh, and so the Caps continue to fall in the NHL standings. Also on Monday night was the Boston Bruins winning their fifth consecutive game, 7-0 at the Los Angeles Kings. So the Caps remain stuck on 65 points, and the Caps now are three points behind the Bruins for the top wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins are surging, and our Caps are sinking. Now, the top two wildcard teams in the Eastern Conference will make the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Caps are 10 points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets for the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. So the Caps remain in a pretty good place in terms of making the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the Caps aren't doing well right now. And when it comes to the Metropolitan Division, uh, the Caps now are 13 points behind the first place Carolina Hurricanes, who've won five straight. Uh, the Caps on Monday night did overcome a 3-1 second period deficit, but that was not enough. And the reason was the goaltending. Uh, Ilya Samsonov on Monday night was the Caps starting goaltender for a seventh consecutive game, but he stopped just seven of the 10 shots on goal that he faced and got pulled after the first period. And he got pulled in favor of Vitek Vanacek, who was back. Uh, Vanacek played in an NHL game for the first time since suffering an upper body injury in a 4-3 overtime win at the Pittsburgh Penguins on February 1st. So Vanacek missed nearly the entire month of February. Uh, the Caps on Sunday morning reassigned Vanacek and fellow goaltender Phoenix Copley to AHL affiliate Hershey. And the Caps on Monday morning recalled Vanacek from Hershey. And Vanacek was good on Monday night. He stopped 16 of the 17 shots on goal that he faced. You would think that Vanacek now is going to get some starts here because Ilya Samsonov just cannot be trusted. And we've talked about Samsonov a lot on this podcast, but Samsonov now this season has a goals against average of 293 and a save percentage of 901. Uh, neither one of those stats is good. And Samsonov continues to struggle with the high danger shot on goal. Uh, Samsonov on Monday night per natural stat trick stopped just two of the five high danger shots on goal that he faced. He now this season per natural stat trick has a save percentage on high danger shots on goal of just 769. Uh, that's not good. He's basically only stopping three out of the four high danger shots on goal that he faces. Uh, Vanacek, for comparison's sake, 
has a save percentage on high danger shots on goal this season of 817. Okay, I mean, that's something with which you can work. 817 is uh, significantly better than 769. Uh, Samsonov is a frustrating goaltender. He's talented, but he just is not consistent. He can't be trusted. And he had a real shot here with Vanacek out for nearly the entire month of February to put a stranglehold on the Caps' number one goaltender job. And Samsonov did not do that. Uh, the Caps did lose the puck possession battle on Monday night. The Caps, for natural statric, had 37 five-on-five shot attempts to the Maple Leafs, 48, including just seven five-on-five high-danger shot attempts to the Maple Leafs, 12. But the Caps did do some good things in this loss to the Maple Leafs. I mean, there was an element of some puck luck to this game. Like I said, the Caps did overcome a 3-1 second-period deficit. Caps special teams were good on Monday night. Caps went 1-3 on the power play and 4-4 on the penalty kill. Uh, the Caps were physical on Monday night. Caps out-hit the Maple Leafs 39-23. A uh, big game for Tom Wilson. Wilson scored two goals, a second-period power play goal and a third-period shorthanded goal. He also had a game-high seven shots on goal and a game-high 13 shot attempts. Uh, defenseman John Carlson had three secondary assists, and Alex Ovechkin had a primary assist, was second on the Caps with four shots on goal, and was second on the Caps with nine shot attempts. But Ovi also finished with a game-worst time plus-minus rating of minus four. And bottom line, the Caps lost in regulation again. And this is happening as the Caps are pretty healthy. Uh, now, defenseman Justin Schultz on Monday night did not play for a second consecutive game due to an upper body injury, but he's been hurt quite a bit this season. The Caps are used to playing without Schultz. Uh, forward Anthony Mantha does remain out indefinitely due to shoulder surgery that he underwent on November 5th, but the Caps should not be as they are right now. 12 regulation losses over the last 21 games. I mean, understand 21 games is more than a quarter of the NHL regular season, so this is now more than a quarter of the season in which the Caps have been struggling. More from Peter Laviolette during his post-game press conference on Monday night. I think guys will probably leave the rink angry tonight. I don't know about I don't know about frustration or urgency. They'll probably leave them. Everybody's probably angry. Yeah, well, anger can be good. And among those who should be angry is Evgeny Kuznetsov. Now, Kuznetsov, for the most part, has been good this season, but he was not good on Monday night. Kuznetsov, in this loss to the Maple Leafs, had a game-worst time plus-minus rating of minus four. He committed two minor penalties, and he had just one shot on goal. Not good. Uh, I mentioned the Caps being 13 points behind the Metropolitan Division leading Hurricanes. Next up for the Caps, home to the Hurricanes, Thursday night at 7. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 262, will feature much more on the Commanders as the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine has begun. Let the reports and the rumors commence. Uh, I will talk Wizards on Wednesday's show. The Wiz will host the Detroit Pistons Tuesday night at seven. The Wiz, by the way, have brought back Thomas Sadoransky. Uh, yeah, Sato is back. The Wizards officially announced the signing of Sadoransky on Monday. This off him being bought out by the San Antonio Spurs. I always like Sadoransky. I'm glad that he's back and the Wizards could use point guard help right now. Uh, also, on Wednesday's show, I'll talk Virginia Tech. Uh, the Hokies will host Louisville Tuesday night at nine. Have a great rest of your Tuesday and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. 
I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.